God is good all the time, all the time. Amen. I have about a five-hour message to preach, so we're good to go. We'll order in food. Amen. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited. I love this stuff. Um, like just what God is doing. God is looking for doers to do his doings. So many people come to a church expecting the church to be doing something when in reality they come with the wrong expectation. Because the reality is, is when someone comes into a church, they need to come with the expectation of them doing something. You hear the right them? You can come to church expecting the church to do something. Or you can come with doing something and bring it to the church. The church is family. Two terms, oikos and ecclesia. One means a gathering together, and an ecclesia is a gathering of, 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 of really law, of spiritual guidance. And that's what church is. It's family. No difference than in my family. I, not any one of my kids has tried to be mom and dad, except maybe when they were two years old. They always knew better, right? But they're not, they can't be what Sharon and I are to them. They can be mom and dad when they have children, but they can't be what Sharon and I are to them. And so when we come to church, you can't be what we are. You actually bring a diversity to the family to such a level, it creates the greater family because of the diversity within it. Because if we don't believe there's diversity in family, and we believe it's a cookie-cutter box, you're in the wrong place. We have over 100 churches and ministries around the world, and there is not one cookie-cutter in any one of them. Today, we're, we're not cookie-cutter this service. There was things that happened here that were just absolutely spontaneous. And some people might say, well, that's not organized enough. Well, it's organized enough for us. Because our organization is a desire and hunger of the kingdom of God to organize it for us. We're gonna come with a plan with all expectation of God changing the plan and we're gonna be happy at the change. If we don't sense a change, then God's happy with our plan. So. You hear what I'm saying? We get together, I, I do life, I do ministry. I just feel like we need to pray for our Russian churches right now. Uh, Father, we just lift up the Church of Glory of God, Russia, just planted one of their newest churches, now have eight churches in the last three years. Two rescue centers that are rescuing uh, prostitutes, drug addicts off the street to such a level that the government is now helping assist people to come to our rescue centers in Russia. And so, Father, I just bless them. Pastor Ilya and his wife, we bless them, Father. We bless the Russian churches, Father. I look forward to my trip back over the end of October and November. I thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing around this world. Because the world's not about us. Yet you created this world for us to go into all of it and preach the good news of Jesus Christ. You 
God, our Father, who art in heaven. You're the name that's holy. It's hallowed. Not my name. Your name. (laughs) Jesus Christ, it's your name that has the power. Not a man or a woman's name. There's a lot of ministries out there that are using their name. But that is not the way, Father. You, it's your name. And we invite your name, your power, your authority into this family. Because you are our Father. And you are in heaven. And your name is Hallowed. I thank you for Aldergrove. You know, as, as Kevin was talking about that, I, I felt, well, hold it, we're, we're in Aldergrove, but we're actually in Langley Township. And our church pays its taxes to the township of Langley, and immediately the Lord said, Langley will be blessed. And I believe it. I believe it. So, Father, thank you for your blessings and your provision. And all the people said, amen, amen. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so, ex- I'm so excited. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Hey, Karen Ann wrote the, I think it was the third or fourth song. So, the, you know, let's just, yeah, you know. It's been prophesied for many years that there would be new sounds coming from this ministry. And that's already happened. It's begun. I know even Jeremy, one of the songs we sing regularly, he wrote the, another part to it or whatever. I don't even know. He'll have to explain it sometime. But next time we sing it, let's explain it. Jeremy wrote this part, which I thought was part of the original song, but it's not. It's like another whole part to it that we're singing that the original doesn't have. And I'm thinking like, well, the original should get a hold of Jeremy. That's my thoughts. We... We all have sound. We make sound. What sound are you making? It's not just singing. Singing is using the gift that God's given to you. But every one of us make a sound. That's why I'm writing my first book on the lifestyle of a worshiper. Nothing to do with singing and music. It has to do with what's in your heart. Because when you become that lifestyle of a worship, a worshiper then whatever gift you use will actually celebrate his name. Pastor Brent and Jean, welcome. We love you guys. All the way from the big city of Vernon, British Columbia. I'm planning to be up there in October. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Let's call up Ellie right now. Um, And some of our eldership, leadership, or, you know, actually, you know what? If you want to stand with Ellie, let's all just stand. But let's call up Ellie. Ellie's on her way to really our, our ultimate spiritual covering uh, out of Redding, California is Bethel. And um, we, uh, my wife and I have been connected with Bethel since 79, no, sorry, 2000, and, no, 79, 80. No, not 2009, <laughs> no, 2000, 2000, 1999. Oh, wow. No, what did I just say? 1999. <laughs> I'm messed up. I, seriously, I'll tell you what. Kevin's teaching on giving right there messed me up because it's so legit. He's got to preach it. But you know what? Most people can't stand preaching on giving. Only the ones that truly give love preaching on giving. 
And if you really want to go after tithe isn't in Old Covenant, well, tithe was before Old Covenant. He would just proved it today. And really, if you want to follow New Covenant, just give everything. Take your pick. Anyways, we love Bethel. We, uh, we know them personally. Sharon and I have known Papa Bill and Papa Chris uh, since 1999, uh, 2000, and we're, I'm part of the membership of the original founding network of, of BLN, and we're just, uh, we're, they're spiritual papas of ours, so anyone who goes off to Bethel, we just absolutely love, and uh, Becky's done three years Bethel, and others in here have done Bethel. We actually do a Bethel Supernatural School as well. Uh, we did a four-year program, and we're going to be starting that up again. But uh, we just we just love the culture. We don't worship them, but any culture that is, is close to a kingdom that we can see, we want to get close to them. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, uh, so this is Ellie. Ellie's amazing. She's one of the princesses, uh, beautiful daughters of the kingdom of God here uh, in this place. And she's off to Bethel. This is her last Sunday. Ooh, I cry every time these young ones leave. It's like, or anyone leaves. Um, but we just want to bless her. We also want to be open and let you know that um, if anybody wants to give or donate to, if it's for Bible school, bettering someone in Bible school and or missions trips, uh, you can do that gift through Windward. It becomes part of our ministry um, and you'll get receipted for it too. So uh, if you just want to come up and slip her some cash, do it. I, I have a feeling she probably would enjoy that as you would too. Amen. So, uh, so let's just put our hands out. Let's bless her as she goes down. And uh, Father, we just thank you for Ellie. We thank you for the blessing that she is, um, what she carries, Lord God. Uh, we're going to miss her as we miss any of our students that head out. But at the same time, we celebrate. We know that what she is going to gain from going to school, we know, Lord God, it's going to radically increase massive joy, favor, blessings of uncomprehension in her life, Lord God. Things that she's dreamed about. I see I'm prophesying right now. Things that she has dreamed about are coming to pass in Jesus' name. There is a, a presence and a glory that is on you, and it will go with you, and you're going to bring a presence and a glory back with you, and we thank you, Father. So we just bless her as a daughter in this house, Father. We celebrate who, who she is, and we celebrate the future that you've called her into, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus, Jesus, just want to see if anyone else has a word, wants to pray. I just actually really feel Becky needs to just pray something. <clears throat> yeah, Jesus, we just thank you so much for Ellie and just for how you have led her on this journey uh, down to Bethel. And Lord, I just, as someone who just came from there, Lord, I just bless her as she goes forth. I bless her to go forth with joy and to be led forth with peace. And Jesus, I just ask that doors would open for her in crazy ways, Lord, that she would have favor upon her from the minute her foot touches the reading soil, Jesus, that there would be things that she experiences and encounters there that she could only begin to dream of. So Lord, we thank you for what it is that you have prepared for her. Jesus, we thank you for the space that you are creating for her there, even the people that she has there, Lord. We thank you for the family that she has here, but we also thank you for the family that you have there for her. And Ellie, I just want you to know we all got your back. 
that we stand with you, that we love you, that we will think of you, we will pray for you. Yeah, that you go, you go with our love and our support. And I just feel like the Lord is just going to bless your socks off in crazy ways. Like, because you have been patient, because you have loved him so well, he's going to bless you for your faithfulness. So Jesus, we thank you for that. Amen. We all say amen. 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 Bless you, Ellie. Have a safe trip down. Hallelujah. Joshua 1, verses 5 to 9. Let's just look there real quick. Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 5 to 9. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. So this is God speaking to Joshua. Now Joshua is a spiritual son. He's raised up under Moses. And there's such an incredible key, and I, I might not get through it all here today, but there is such an important part that we need to grasp and understand about what it truly means to have spiritual mamas and papas. You see, from a, a spiritual father, I was going to say spiritual mother, from a spirit, I cut my hair, from a spiritual father, it's very humbling to be called a spiritual father. To me, it humbles me. It, does, it, it actually doesn't form my identity. My identity is in Christ Jesus. And so when someone actually acknowledges that, that, that you're that in their life, what they're actually saying is that I see you with the ability to speak into my life. And there's many sons and daughters that want spiritual fathers and mothers. And I know there's a, an expression out there. It's a fatherless generation. I truly believe that it's a sonless generation. Because many sons don't like to have guidance from the fathers. And so many of the good fathers have become quiet, or the good mothers have become quiet because the sons and daughters would never listen anyways. And so I look at it and I say, there are good men and women around us in this church, in this ministry. There's good men and women. I, I might not be something that you, a person you can connect with on every moment of the day. And that's good. Good for me and good for you. I got a lot of things that go on. Again, we have over 100 ministries and churches that I apostolically look after and cover. And right now I'm going through a huge thing of a well-known minister. And, uh, and so there's a lot of things that happen. But no one should look to me as the only father of the house. Because that's not how an enlarged and a grown family actually is. As our family is growing, I am no longer the only dad of the house. Chris Castle, who married my daughter Samantha, is now also a father in the house. He's a father of his own family. My son Justin one day might get married. My daughter Jessica one day might get married. We'll get married. I don't want to prophesy by anyone's yet. We'll get married, but I don't want to force anything on anyone. And when that happens, he and she will become fathers and sons in the family of their own family. Do you hear what I'm saying? So there's many fathers and mothers in this house already. And that does, person doesn't have to be older than you, or I have a problem because... Some of my leadership are older than I am. 
And so what I'm saying is we should not be, be saying it's a fatherless generation. I truly believe we need to become sons and daughters, and that's what actually creates fathers. I never was a father until I had a son and a daughter. And so when you look at this, here Joshua has been under Moses. Now, Moses would not have probably been the easiest spiritual father to hang with. He had an emotional roller coaster sometimes. He cries out at some point in time, oh, you know, God wants to kill the people. Moses graciously says, well, actually, they're not my people, they're yours, so God spares them. But Moses gets the Ten Commandments. He has an encounter with God on the mountain. He comes down and sees the debauchery, the sin, the golden calf, the idols, uh, the idol worship. He has seen these people that have been rescued out of Egypt, and he just had the most incredible encounter on the mountain with God that, that literally the finger of God wrote into stone tablets the Ten Commandments to, to literally... Tell the people what they're doing, what they need to do right, because they're doing it wrong. And he gets so angry, what does he do with the first set of Ten Commandments? He throws them down, he smashes them on the ground. And I bet you Joshua wasn't like, oh, hey, Moses, can we hang out now? Probably step back, yeah, maybe let's just wait till a couple days from now. But something that was going on was not letting those Israelites get into the promises. They were living in promises, but they weren't getting into the promised land. Something was keeping them from walking an extra week and get to the promised land. And for 40 years, they wandered in that desert. So here's Joshua now, the new generation the younger ones. And Joshua now starts to take command. And the younger group start to take the command. Why? Because they actually never lived in Egypt. They actually lived in miraculous signs and wonders in the desert. They had grumbling and complaining parents or grumbling and complaining grandparents but what they saw was fire by night cloud by day clothes that never wore out shoes that never wore out no one needed to work for a living they just went out and picked the food up in the morning no one had to cook it it was fresh every morning. It was like exactly what I would like to be living right now. But yet, they saw their parents grumbling and complaining. And this next generation rising up did not sight with the grumbling and complaining but chose to go after the miraculous that they were seeing every day. And the whole generation of grumblers had to die. So their sons and daughters could cross the river and enter the promises, the promised land of God. 
There are promises every day around us right now that God is doing. And yet, there's people that will grumble and complain. I, I can be one of those sometimes, but I try to stop it so quick, nip it in the butt. Remember that old expression? Because you know what? I do not want to live a life. I used to live a lifestyle of grumbling and complaining. I used to live a lifestyle of seeing all the problems and all the issues. And I would, that became my life. I became tellers of the problem. I became a speaker of the problem. And if you get prophetic mixed up in there, you become a doomsday prophet. You're going to feel that it is your right and your duty to literally destroy people. You become the judge. You know what? I'm not saying God doesn't bring strong words. He absolutely does. But it needs to be in a group of wise counsel. But I believe the majority of the prophetic that God wants to do in the family is is prophecy, encouraging and exhorting people. That's really what I believe. Are there times where you have to go to someone or speak with someone and say, hey, God gave me this dream and, you, you know, this is what could happen to you. Like, this is a word of warning for you. But once someone's already in sin and you as a prophet go after them because they're in sin, what you're doing is you're compounding the sin onto them and you're letting the sin affect us. Ah, that wasn't in my preaching, so I don't even know why I went off on that. I just want us to watch what we say. Be careful with what we say. I had a long conversation with a beautiful friend, Patricia King, last night and on the phone. And, and she and I, we just stand so close in alignment and just love Patricia and Ron um, and who they are and what they've represented all these years. And they're from beautiful British Columbia. They, they live in Arizona. But anyways, um, and our prophetic words want to be about empowering people's future instead of tearing them and tearing their now down. Does that make sense? Of course, there's words of warning. Anyways, so no man shall be able to stand. So here God is speaking to Joshua. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. How many want that promise? No man. Joshua, because of who you are, because of your commitment to me, because I'm, I'm ad living, okay? I don't know if God said that or not, but this is the interpretation if you study the scripture out. Because of who you are, because of you grew up in all this negativity, but you became out the, the what is that, diamond? You know the song Diamonds in the Rough or Diamonds, there's a song out there right now, I'm a diamond or whatever it is, because the diamonds are built under pressure. So here, here, Joshua, maybe the Lord is like, Joshua, because you have not let your circumstances around you, let me phrase that, you have not let other people's issues and problems take you out. You have not sat there focusing, even on Moses, who's not perfect. He has doubts, I'm sure he had doubts. I know he had doubts. He doubted whether or not the call for him to, to, to be the leader of the, uh, in releasing the Israelites, he doubted God on that. And so Aaron came along. Thank you, Lord, for brothers in Christ. No man shall be able to stand before you, Joshua, all the days of your life. I'm not talking uh, because you served me for 10 years, you'd get uh, one year free. No, no, no. I'm talking because your heart, I know so much where you're at, that your thoughts are my thoughts, your ways are my ways. Uh, 
And I will let you walk this earth to where no man shall stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. How many want that promise? Verse 6, be strong and of good courage. Now God, I just love how he, how he puts Scripture together. I just love it because now he's going to explain what the previous verse was talking about. It's kind of like, I, here's your inheritance, and I'm giving you that because... You have courage, you have strength, you have his presence, you have the glory, you have this, you have that. So God just so often does that throughout scripture. He, he says, this is what I'm going to do to you because you did this. We normally say it the other way around in our modern English. Because you did this, 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 this is what you get. But the Bible loves to say, this is what you get because that's actually your destiny. He's putting your destiny before you. And now you have to walk towards your destiny. But so many people think that, that, that I need to do this, this, this to get to my destiny. But I'm here to tell you, your destiny is already before you. He's just looking for people to now do this into the greater levels of their destiny. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people shall divide... Be, uh, sorry. For to this... People, you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to the fathers to give them. You realize that that grumbling and that complaining and that lack of faith and that lack of hope, following false idols, images, whatever sins they had going on in the fathers and the mothers, God held back their inheritance. You see, God's a wise God. You know how bad it would be let me give you an example. When you give an inheritance before someone's worthy of the inheritance, the parable of the, of the wayward son is a perfect example. The inheritance was given before the son was able to contain the wealth, and he squandered it. It is not wise that if you have a 16-year-old kid they have never done the dishes. They have never mowed the lawn. They never cleaned their room. They never worked a day in their life. Uh, they, they just mope around the house. They have a, a huge cell phone plan with massive amounts of gigabytes of data. And they've got like three controllers for the television stations downstairs. Uh, and, and you have waited on their every need. You have been a mother or father in the sense of doing all of their stuff, which is not mothering and fathering, by the way. And then you say, hey, you're 16. Here's the keys to your brand new car. And if you expect that car to stay perfectly spotless for the next few years, you're not smart. Because the pattern leading up to it does not deserve a brand new car. But I'll buy their love be strong and of good courage 
For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. I will give you, the son, an inheritance to what your fathers and mothers, grumbling and complaining, held them out of. The favor wasn't on them. Yes, I saved their life. Yes, I spared them. Yes, I fed them. Yes, I gave them free clothes. Yes, I gave them free shoes. Yes, yes, yes. But because of their lifestyle that came from their heart, because a lifestyle can never be blamed. It's a heart attitude that creates a lifestyle. Because their heart was not right, they didn't get their inheritance. And it ties right in to what Kevin shared this morning. You know how many times people want and expect the inheritance, but they don't hold up the license? They don't hold up the right license. They haven't taken the time to study and do the work. Kevin bought a house on wheels. It's a big trailer. He got a good deal. Oh, he's a pastor. How can he afford a trailer? I can't afford a trailer. Oh, don't be a grumbler complainer. You won't get your inheritance. People look at me. He's a pastor. How come he drives that Cadillac? Well, you need to know the story of the Cadillac. Sharon's declaring it's her car, and it is. It's in her name. you know what? I took my old used Impala and traded it in and got it for free. They wanted 35000 extra dollars over and above my trade-in. And I didn't pay a penny. But if you're worried on what I drive, you won't get your inheritance. Do you hear what I'm saying? I have a license. I gave it all. I literally, my, my wife and I, sold our businesses, quit our jobs, and went into full-time ministry with enough money to keep us on the mission field for a year in 1996. All the money of it we had saved. All of my inheritance from my dad has gone into this ministry. And I'm not boasting about it. What I'm saying is I get excited when I can pull a salary from this place. Not a big salary. Kevin and I don't make a ton of money in this place. Well, they must make a lot of money. I better hold back my giving. No, no, no. You see, it doesn't make sense how Kevin and Donna can have what they have. Their house doesn't make sense. But our sense is bad sense. His sense is good sense. 
have what my wife and have, wife and I have doesn't make sense. We came back to Canada with zero, no retirement, no RRSP. We have nothing. We just came back from the mission field with zero. That doesn't make sense. My salary to be able to do what we're doing doesn't make sense. Now we work hard. I'm full-time in ministry, traveling over 150,000 miles a year. And I have two other businesses as well, too, running on the side. And my wife, she works full-time. And she and I co-labor in a business on the side. If you want to get rhubarb during rhubarb season, let us know. We bless every stock. My goal in life is to pass an inheritance to my children of the greatest wealth known to man, and that inheritance is the kingdom of God. The earthly stuff will burn up, it'll pass away, but the greatest wealth we have is an inheritance before, before. to die that whole generation of Israelites shouldn't have had to die but those Israelites just could not let Egypt go even though they were free they were still in captivity of Egypt I want to tell you something I believe here in this house right now watching on TV right now I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt the choices and decisions we can make right now will start to change the promised lands in our lives. Oh yeah, but our nation, look at our country. Look at the countries of the world. Look at the collusion of the Russians. Look at America. Look at this. Look at that. Yeah, it gives you a lot to pray about. And you pray in hope. What is a hope? Hope's not slandering. Hope's not backstabbing. Hope's not biting them behind the rear. Hope means joyful anticipation. Hope means joyful expectation. That when you pray in hope, if I pray as I pray for my prime minister every day, I pray for my prime minister. Is he the one I would vote for? Let me just say, I pray for our Prime Minister. <laughs> I pray for the American President. Imagine what that life must be like. Waking up every day knowing everybody, big media is going to slam the daylights out of you. If you do something good, they're going to slam the daylights out of you anyways. I don't know how these guys make it. I have a hard enough time just from the local churches. The local Christians. They stress me out sometimes. Not you guys, of course.
want a great nation? Then live great. You want a great family? Then live great. What does that mean? Live in His greatness and you become great on this earth. Not your name, His name. Yeah, but I'm just a humble, desperate Christian. What? Of course you're humble. I used to cry out, oh God, make me more humble. Now I stopped. It hurt. But I'm no longer desperate. I believe and I'm focusing on living from victory, not for victory. Jesus Christ is the victory. And he gave me victory over 2,000 years ago. His death and resurrection gave me victory. God has called you to into greater revelational aspects of his kingdom. That little one in your belly is a revivalist of the kingdom of God. And I see that little one going to nations. I know there's a fire of God since the day you stepped foot in this place from the Philippines. There's a fire of God on you. And God's going to use you guys for great things. And don't ever let the enemy take that away from you. Because the only way it can ever not happen is if we start to believe it won't happen. But that's not hope. That's the generation right there. You're the generation now. We're the generation now. And we're building a foundation for that generation. In Jesus' name. You've had quite a day today. Have we ever met before? I don't know. I'm Brent. I'm Keegan. Keegan, great to meet you. Awesome. Met you before many times. <laughs> Part of the church. Amazing young man. I just want to pray for our sons and daughters right now. You might not even have children, but you're to pray for your sons and daughters. You hear what I'm saying? So we lift up our sons and daughters right now. I thank you, Father, for what you have called them into. Because of that call on their lives, it makes and changes the call on ours. That we are to be fathers and mothers, bringing truth, bringing hope, bringing joy, bringing answers. Bringing correction sometimes once in a while, but doing it wisely. I thank you, Father, for the sons and daughters of this house. I thank you for calling. I thank you for the service that he does in this ministry and the favor and blessings from it. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord God. I'm going to finish this message another week. so much social media stuff going on. The gospels that you hear are not necessarily the gospels of Jesus Christ sometimes. Get into the word. We cannot change the Bible to meet our desires. There's even this last week some well-known ministers that have chosen to step away from the faith 
and they're all public about it. I just scratched my head. They lost something along the way. Were they going after their name instead of the right name? What happened? There's ministers that are preaching that aren't living a wholesome lifestyle behind the scenes. I want a family where I can come to our kids and I can question them on something and say, hey, I, I don't think this is happening, but are you okay in this area? And then they get on social media, the demonic is attacking us. What? What? Stay accountable, please. Don't be a mountain unto yourself stay in the desert and the only kingdom you'll be able to build is your hard work and effort and struggle I would much rather just accept and step into the kingdom where my shoes never wear out my clothes never wear out my food is just provided but in a three-week journey, I get to the promised land. Maybe you're offended that I got given a Cadillac. You got the wrong side of the offense going. Maybe you're offended that Kevin and Donna have an RV. the heart of Kevin when he was sharing. We want you to be able to be blessed. And many of you are. And your blessing might look different. Maybe you'll get a Chevy Chevette. Be happy with the Chevette. Do they even make Chevy Chevettes anymore? The younger generation look what's a Chevy Chevette? What's, a, what's the cheapest, smallest little car they make right now? Huh? Not a smart car. Those things are expensive. There's a smallest car out there. A micro. Anybody know what a micro is? I don't. Probably one of those little things that, you know, cut you off into traffic. You know, and I'm driving my F-350 dually like, why do I just so anxiously not want to hit my brakes right now? I've been redeemed. Well, part of me has been redeemed. I've been fully redeemed, but my mind still has a little bit of Egypt in there when it comes to driving in traffic. Has anybody noticed driving around this area has changed over the last 40 years or 30 years? Like, it used to be a courtesy to drive. It was a blessing for us to drive, not, not an expectation. We used to sit at four-way stop signs. You go, no, you go, no, you go, no, oh, you go, no, you go. And then all of a sudden we all start going, oh, sorry, you go, no, you go, no, you go, no, you go. We used to put our blinker on to move lanes over and people would immediately break to let you in. That was the courtesy. Show the intent. Now you don't want to show your intent because they closed the door. What a society. 
And so you're the society changers. You and I are the society changers. Let's all stand. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good cheer, courage. I want to say cheer, but it is courage. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. But what God is saying is I want you to be of good courage now so I can give you the inheritances of your fathers. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, uh, that you may prosper wherever you go. Stay on the highway of holiness. Do not turn left. uh, Do not turn right. But stay on fire with him. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This book of the law will not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Three times. He's mentioned it back to back. That's an absolute, no longer a question. It's a must do. Why? Look at the very next phrase. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the promise right now. I wanted to bring that we could stand on today. Yeah, well, that was old covenant. <laughs> it's a promise of the word of God. And he's the same yesterday today and forever and he's looking for the people to grab a greater revelation of his promises because that's where you prosper that's where you live in your inheritance now not when you die it's called a living will it's a living trust so your sons and daughters can enjoy now with you. But sometimes our mind, hmm, I feel the Lord correcting me. It's always our mind, our thoughts, that take us out and put us in the desert. So let's pray. Father, I ask today that no one in this house live in a desert. 
that any one of us that has any form of Egypt in us, we release it now in Jesus' name. And instead, Father, you are walking us Sometimes through rich valleys, fertile soils. Sometimes we're walking through deserts, but we're going through them and not camping out in them. We're not there to become the culture of the desert. Oh, but it's an oasis. I get out of it. The oasis is there to keep you alive, to get through the desert. Into the promised land. His promises for us now. And so I ask, Father, on this beautiful Sunday, that you will guide us, direct us. I feel like the Lord is saying to me, I already have guided you and directed you. Hmm. I pray, Father, that our hearts will change and our minds will change. That our thoughts will not be our thoughts, but they will be your thoughts in us. That our ways will be your ways in us. And that all that we say and do will be to glorify you and edify your holy name we will become worshipped on earth as it is in heaven. That we will walk in your presence and we will walk in your glory and we will walk with the manifest power of your Holy Spirit indwelling in us. That, that your son Jesus Christ who died on the cross and rose again has set us free and has given us victory. So I thank you. I thank you Father. close this way because I feel I'm supposed to. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all the people said, Amen.